0: Welcome spiral uppers. Today we have Kathleen Donnelly Israel, who at 69 decided to walk a pilgrimage 500 miles across northern Spain. She is the best-selling author of Wisdom on the Camino, a spiritual journey sharing forgiveness and possibilities to inspire the rest of your life. Welcome, Kathleen.
1: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Yes, I'm excited to have you. And I think that's an incredible journey and want to hear all about it.
1: But tell us why you even started such a journey. My husband got Parkinson's disease. And I thought we would be riding our bicycles across France in our old age. And obviously not, since he got Parkinson's disease. So I had to think of another dream for myself. And while I was caring for my husband, I you know went online and saw my friend uh, Judy from grade school. Actually, she went to high school with me too. Um, uh, she walked the Camino, and you know told everybody about it on Facebook. And even though she got blisters and walked with bloody feet and stuff, I I just re- recognized she was doing something very special. And I thought, that's what I'm going to do when Ron's done with his disease. I'm going to walk the Camino. And um, so I, you know, he, he got um, really ill. Uh, I mean, from 2010 till he died in 2018, he was completely disabled. He couldn't talk, he couldn't walk, and um, he was an athlete, and um so uh one would think oh that's terrible poor ron but he really embraced his disease and so he was a happy man he loved cowboy movies he sat there and watched cowboy movies all day long and ncis and really you know he was he was not unhappy about it um for me, I was like, yeah, let's get this thing cured. I, I was trying to cure him <laughs> yeah. and, um, that didn't work out. Um, he didn't want to be cured. He wanted to, um, he wanted me to accept him the way he was, which is valid, a valid thing. Um, so, um, my, my childhood was kind of rough and I had a lot of healing to do post-traumatic stress disorder type of stuff. And so while I was caring for Ron, I had to be home. And so I would go online in the evening and I would, um, listen to all these enlightened thought leaders and do my healing, um, with them. They, um, they, would have a program, and I would buy the program and do the program. And then when it got kind of boring, then God would send me another teacher. And it seemed like, you know, I had such a low vibration because I was a sad person uh, that I just needed to raise my vibration a little bit at a time. So that first teacher uh, was Donna Eden. And I, I did what she said and everything. And then Rika Zimmerman came along and I, I did what she said. And then there was Norm Sheeley and there all these healers. And I, um, I just listened to them all those years. And after a while, I felt like I knew some stuff and I, I got my healings and, and so I thought I would like to share what I, I wrote down what I uh, had learned and, sort of synthesized and created some philosophies for myself out of all this. And, um, so, um, when, um, so after Ron died, uh, he died in August and I decided by January, I thought, Oh, I better start gathering my stuff together so I can go on the Camino. And I, I wanted to go in the spring so, so Kathleen, mm-hmm. I find what you're
0: talking about so inspiring because when we face difficult situations, um you transformed it into a time where you could find your own healing space. Right? Many, you know, many would dwell on what is so wrong in their lives and and focus on the negative. And instead you, you found, you know, a reason and turned this into something that it sounds like turned into something really beautiful. And, and your husband, it's almost like he was a catalyst in it
1: in your. Mm. Yeah. God is good. What can I say? Um, I met a woman, we went to a, a support group for people with Parkinson's And this one woman we broke off in groups and she was saying, you know, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't, I didn't want to be a caregiver. And I thought, what are you talking about? You know, you didn't say till death do us part, you know, and, and when, when you say till death do us part uh, you're, you're talking about, you know, somebody's got to care for somebody unless you die on the same day. Mm -hmm. And um, I just thought about it and, I thought, you know, I would prefer to be the well one taking care of Ron instead of being the sick one and having him care for me. So in that way, I I gained some happiness out of that. Um, But uh, yeah, I signed up for this. I, I got married when I was 20 years old. And I remember the night before I got married, just thinking about, you know, we had done some training about marriage. And I, I was thinking in my bedroom to myself, you know, tomorrow I'm getting married and my life is not going to be my mine anymore. It's going to be our life. And I, you know, at that young age, I I got it, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: And so I um <laughs> When he got sick, of course, I wanted to cure him. I I'm not saying that I I went right, I went head on into it like he did. He he was, you know, he was he he wanted to do the medical model of how to care for a person with Parkinson's, and I was not in the medical model mindset. I just wanted to get this done with <laughs> and get him better. Right? Yeah. Let's yeah. get let's you know, I still want to go ride my bicycle across France, you know, with you. So let's get better, but
0: it wasn't to be.
1: Yeah. Right. Like, and I love how
0: you, you know, you said you had to find a dream that Mm -hmm. was, that was yours and that I'm sure that helped you. Yeah. Along, along with what you were listening to.
1: I know it was difficult to wait, you know, yeah. but, um, but I, I knew I, I, I made it really big in my head. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to walk the whole thing with my backpack on my back. I'm going to really do this and I'm not coming home till I'm done. And, uh, so I gave myself three months, um, and it only took me two months, which is a long time. Hardly anybody takes that long. But I, I took Holy Week off and I took every Sunday off and I had some sick days. So, you know, that's why it took so long.
0: Yeah. And what were some of the lessons that you learned that you embraced before you went,
1: before your walk, that helped you? The you know? Have you ever heard of ho'oponopono? I have, but yeah, tell us. Yeah, so uh that was one of the things I learned and uh I I I I did a a training to be a coach. I teach I teach um I'm a transformational breathing facilitator and our Judith Kravitz um decided well we we're really coaches too, so we had to take a coach coach's training and uh so in the, in the, they gave us a bunch of papers uh, that they didn't even study in the course. And so one day I, I was going to have a, a client and I thought, well, I'm going to go through this uh, coaching paraphernalia here to make sure I know what I'm talking about. And the sheet of paper that had Ho'oponopono on it was in there. And I read it and I thought, you know what? This is going to change things here, um, and it did. Uh, so, um, first you say it's—it's it's like a prayer or an incantation, whatever you know you want to call it. Um, but it's a Hawaiian healing technique for the family, and you—you you say these prayers or whatever, and um, you don't even—you can do it with the other person or else you can just do it by yourself and you don't need to do it with the other person. It works both ways. And uh, so first you say, I love you. And it's the big, I love you. I love God. God loves me. God loves the other person. The other person loves God. And if you can say it, you say, I love that other person, but if you can't say it, you don't have to say it and you shouldn't. And then, okay. So it's, I love you. The big, I love you. I'm sorry. And it's not, I'm sorry. I did anything, but I'm sorry. This situation exists between us. And then uh, please forgive me for what's going on in me that caused me to attract this because obviously there's something going on in me uh, that's low vibrational, or I wouldn't have attracted this into me. Number one, number two, that person found a button in me that needed to, that, that could be pushed and, you know, owning my own buttons. Um, they're just doing what they do. And I got hurt, something like that. Mm-hmm. And so um, please forgive me for what's going on in me. That caused me to attract that. And then you say, um, thank you. Thank you for showing me this so I could heal. Cause if I didn't have this pain in my heart, I wouldn't know where I needed to heal. It revealed my where I need to heal. Um, that other person revealed that to me. Uh, so thank you for showing me so I could heal. And then I love you, the big I love you. I love God. God loves me. Da 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 da, da like that. And um, so um, so I just did that a lot. And I um, there was this thing that said, and this is not about shame. There's nothing about shame here. You, um, you're just doing the healing. And the other thing is, um, we have binds with other people. We're kind of bound to them. Um, so that they can show us where we need to heal. Okay. And so it loses those binds. So we're not attracting the negative stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. So if that, that person, uh, comes to us and, uh, you know, they're standing next to us and we've got this low vibration, it's going to just detract their negativity out of them and we're going to get it all over us. <laughs> and then, um, so we, it's better to just, um, realize that so that we can heal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and so, um, One night I was on vacation with my husband, and we were, you know, we went to bed, and I there I was laying there, and my monkey mind was bringing up all these things that didn't go right and making me feel bad, and so I decided to do the Ho'oponopono on them. So I was laying there. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And. I noticed that I was feeling shame and I'm like, Oh, I must be doing this wrong. You know, I need to, I need to fix this. So I was analyzing it. And so the next time I did it, when I said, um, please forgive me, I said, I forgive me. Uh, And then I said, I forgive it up. And when I said that I felt this refrigerator sized pain come out of my heart and go up to God. And I was like, Whoa, that was great. Mm-hmm. And um so I, oh my gosh, it was so powerful. And so um you know, I was just laying there still, and my monkey mind brings some more stuff up. and so I do the I call it my expanded ho oponopono, <laughs> And uh, so I did that again, and you know, more stuff came out and more because I had really a lot of stuff, really a lot of pain in my heart. Um, and so through doing that, I got rid of, I mean, I did it for years because I had a lot of stuff. And so I would just, um, every day raising my vibration by getting that sad stuff out of me. And, um, so that was a real blessing and a charism for me, um, gift from God, you know? Yeah. And
0: so you had, you know, things from childhood and people that Mm -hmm. you had to forgive and thank. And, and then the big one, right, where we have to forgive ourselves and like, you know,
1: I, I don't feel like I need to forgive anybody anymore because I, I without shame can take responsibility for bringing in every crummy thing that ever happened to me. Um, I, you know, my, my dad, I, I used to forgive him. I mean, he was a, he was a wonderful artist and, um, a musician. And, uh, but when he wasn't doing that, he was an alcoholic, rageaholic child molester. You know, I had a lot of stuff. Mm. And, uh, so, um, so anyway, I, it just took years to get all that out. And sometimes I, I didn't feel it coming out. And so I would ask my angels to go in there and untie it, pull it out from the depths of my being. You know, I just trying to think of how I could, you know, play with it and trying to make it, you know, so it worked. Um, Yeah. And um, so I, so when, when I was a young woman, um, this priest told me, you know, if you don't forgive your dad, you don't understand God. And I was like, oh man, I need to forgive my dad. And so like I would every morning I would wake up and I would be forgiving him. But by the next morning, I hated him again. And then I would forgive him again. And so I just did that for years too, because um, that's all I could think of to do, you know. But when when I found out about this ho'oponopono, I was like, wow, I can be released from this you know i can i can loose the binds i have on this and also i can recognize that my low vibration brought that out of him and um we were a match for a low vibration and even though i don't i don't have shame about it because i was an innocent um i i can take responsibility for it anyway because Um, I prefer to be um, not a victim. I prefer not to be a victim and uh, it feels a lot better when I can just realize that I brought these things in. And um, I used to think that my story was really important, my story of my abuse. And uh, uh, but now I realize that keeping that story in my heart and calling it important lowers my vibration. That was a very low vibrational story. And so I attracted it all and it was awful. And then I was sad and I attracted even more stuff that wasn't even that stuff. And, um, so just through the years, it, it didn't happen really well that one night it did happen fast, but, um, it's, it's kind of like it needed a soaking because I was kind of soaked in that sad stuff. So I needed a soaking of um, grace so that I could um, be on the other side of it.
0: Yeah, and now you know how your priest said you didn't understand God if you couldn't forgive mm-hmm. what how now do you like how would you say that that you understand God now?
1: Um, pretty much sure he didn't know what he was talking about because I did love God, but God forgives us, and a lot of times we're like, Oh man, I've done you know, I've met people they think God couldn't possibly forgive them, and um, that is not true because um, God loves us so much and um, gathering us up after we've you know participated in evil or whatever we were doing you know gathering us up is so lovely for god god loves that mm-hmm. um however um awful it could be um because um god god wants us to heal god wants us to have peace and the world is full of a bunch of stuff that's not Good and not peace, but the thing is, when we get smart about it and realize that we can raise our vibration, then we can emit a high vibration out into the world, each one of us, and then uh, we can make the peace in the world just from in our heart going out. So if we sit there and think, "Oh, God couldn't have forgive this," you know, forget it, you know. Uh, that that is so wrong it it's like um that's a devil talking there and it's not um it's not true it's a lie yeah. so i think god is totally forgiving and uh it it i think it's a joy for god to forgive us and it it's a joy for god when we come and um open our heart and be willing to be a high vibration for the world.
0: Yeah. So you noticed a refrigerator-sized painting. <laughs> yeah, man. Really embrace that. Yeah. Just so beautiful. So this this is all backstory, right? This is all. Oh yeah. So for walking.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I I walked the Camino. I you know I prepared in. Um, January, I started preparing. By uh, March, I bought my airfare and I left at the end of March. Um, I flew to Paris and I stayed there for a week so I wouldn't have jet lag when I started. And then I flew over to Baritz in, in France and um, took a train to Saint Jean Pied de Port. And that's where the French way of the Camino starts. And um, so I had, in preparing for going on the Camino, I, I, um, I had gone to a library. The library had a lecture about preparing for the Camino and packing light. That, that's the trick, is to pack light so you don't have to carry so much stuff. And so um, she recommended we stay in the Balari in Sanshani. So I stayed at the Balari and it was so lovely. Uh, I met some people there that um, are lifelong friends, you know, and um, so um, I, I was supposed to walk over the Pyrenees, but there was snow on the Pyrenees. And so it was against the law to go up there because they didn't want to have to rescue anybody. And so I had to walk around. Um, So the second night I was in Val Carlos and there was a, you know, it was, I mean, I I write about it in my book. It's all in there. Um, And uh, yeah, I met a group of people at Val Carlos too, uh, that I, um, I went in and uh, there was this guy sitting there and he's looked up when I came in and he said, I have a new friend here and he's very sad. And so I went over and sat down and I said, Oh, what are you sad about? And he said that three of his friends had died in rapid succession. They were just his good friends and they each died individually. And he just didn't feel like he could do his life anymore. So that's why he was on the Camino um, to, um, find a way to live again. And so I told him the story about my husband died in um, August and my mother died in December. And I said, we have some, you know, I think we have something in common. And he said, yes, yes. I'm so sorry that your mom and your husband died. We have something in common. And, um, so that's how you do it. You you just um, talk to each other and you get to share your heart with each other on the Camino. And when you walk 500 miles, you have a lot of time to think,
0: mm.
1: and God can speak to you while you're thinking, while you're walking. And it's just that's what you do every day. You get up in the morning, you start walking, and then you get some. You know, maybe you eat your lunch along the way. Um, and you get somewhere and you stop and you wash your clothes and you make, make some food or else you go to a restaurant and then, you know, you go to bed and then you get up and walk again. It's like, that's what you do. That's what everybody does. Yeah. And um, so, yeah.
0: And so did you, and it's in those quiet moments that you often hear the messages. Mm-hmm. So walking, with nature is the perfect. And for so long too, right? Like you're not doing it for a couple hours. It's literally.
1: Yeah. Hours. It's like, <laughs> you know, you could walk nine hours in a day. Um, really? You start, you, some people like start really early. They start six. I, I always started around eight or eight 30. Um, mm-hmm. And really the Albergues, they want you out of there by eight. Some of them, some eight, say eight 30. So you, um, you have to get out of there. <laughs> you can't just
0: loll Weird. around.
1: <laughs> yeah. And and then uh, some people get in around two o'clock, but of course I was an old lady, so I walked slow. So I maybe didn't get in there till four o'clock. So I was walking from eight till four. What is that? Like eight oh, hours.
0: Eight hours.
1: Yeah. And then a um, couple of times, to- I mean, one time I actually walked 28 kilometers which is a lot for me other people that's what they walk but for me it was a lot because every place I went they were closed and so I had to just keep walking and um anyway <laughs> well, so
0: tell us some of your adventures you must have met you know people along the way you must have got blisters and you were tired at times and wondered if you Yeah, could you know and-
1: I did not get blisters. No. No, Um, I wear negative ion socks Mm. and I'm pretty sure that's why I didn't get blisters. But another thing is I was, I wasn't walking fast. I think people who walk fast, you can't take care of your feet so well when you walk fast. So I don't know. That's just a theory I have. It's not based. It's just based on what I think, not (laughs) this is it. (laughs) But I was trying to figure out why. Why I didn't get blisters. Um,
0: Yeah. And so you just, you chose to be at your own pace and
1: yeah, because I mean, I, I, I felt like I was walking fast and everybody was like passing me by on both sides of me,
0: you know, it's
1: like walking by me. How many people would be walking with you? Yeah. Nobody. I was walking alone and uh, every once in a while, somebody would walk with me uh, they would walk slow with me. How nice is that? Uh, Mm -hmm. and they would talk to me while we walked, but not very often. And the other thing is in the beginning, we were in the mountains. There were all these windy trails and you couldn't really see before you or behind you. But when I got to the Mesita, uh, it was just flat. And I saw people in front of me and behind me. And I thought, you know, when I was walking in the mountains, I felt so alone. But people were probably right before me and right after me. I just couldn't see them because the, of the mountains, you know. Yeah. So I what you know. Anyway. So
0: how, yeah. How many people would you see that were doing it with you, even if they weren't? Walking yeah.
1: So you? I, you know, the uh, hmm, they maybe two or three, maybe if it was a long way, you'd see somebody far, far off and other people not so far. So it wasn't like you were surrounded by people It was still, no, you're
0: still pretty alone.
1: Yeah. You know, I'm if pretty. you go in the summer, there's a lot of people and it's like a procession, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> but I was in the spring and, uh, there wasn't a lot of people there.
0: So that would be a nice time to go if you, if there's anyone to do it. And so what were some of the things that you heard that, you know,
1: from messages? That you oh, I see. Um, well, uh, I, one of the, I, you know, I'm, I'm like thinking about just the beauty, the beauty just spoke to me. Um, it just, touched my heart really Uh, walking through some areas were like the forest primeval and I, and it just touched my heart so much. And I, I'm really thinking that the beauty really um, was what I was listening to and the birds. um, One thing that I got out of doing the Camino was taking care of myself. Um, you know, I went right from my mother's house to my husband's house. And um, even after he died, um I was alone in my house, but it wasn't like I had to go find a house to go live in. But on the Camino, I had to find places to stay, I had to find food, I had, you know, everything that happened, I had to make it happen. And so um it was a big message to me that that I could take care of myself. Um, people, I think God spoke to me through people. I met a man. uh, he was a runner when he was younger and, uh, he was walking the Camino. It was like, he was just doing the last hundred kilometers because he just had a weekend. He didn't have like a month, like, you know, months like me, and um so he's pretty buff he actually kind of reminded me of my husband he was just about the size of my husband and i was walking along and he slowed down and walked with me for a while and uh so since i teach breathing he was telling me that he was getting winded and so i taught him to do breathing all the way down to your belly and in your whole lungs and uh i told him you have to do that he told me that when he runs he just breathes in his chest and keeps his belly tight so he can be strong. I said, no, you have to breathe in your belly if you don't want to be winded, uh, especially at our age. Right. And so he was uh, so appreciative that I told him that he said, wow, this is going to really change things. And so um, he wanted to teach me span it. Well, I live in San Diego, California, which is right next to Mexico. So, uh, you know, I took three years of Spanish in uh, two in high school, one in college. And uh, so I know I know Spanish a bit, but when other people speak English, I my brain gets lazy and I cannot speak Spanish to them. And um, so he wanted to pay me back for my kindness by helping me speak Spanish. (laughs) And there I was, I was so glad to be talking to somebody that I just wanted to talk. And he wanted me to talk in Spanish. And that was just really uncomfortable for me. But um, anyway, it was, was, he was, he was, he was returning my favor by making me uncomfortable. (laughs) So it was, you know, it was a gift you know but anyway it was pretty funny and I got to learn some stuff about Spanish men you know he was from Spain yeah and uh, he told me about his family and stuff so we we even got you know we hadn't had breakfast so we even ate breakfast together and then after breakfast he needed to leave you know he needed to keep going and I needed to go to the restroom so that was the end of that but you know, there certain people there. They just are sent to us to have, cause us to grow. Yeah, and, and and he helped me by feeling like I had something to share that was valuable. That was a good message for me. A beautiful message,
0: mm-hmm. right? Because often we don't realize, you know, what we have to share is so valuable. Then we, yeah, yeah. Diminish it, and but in those moments you can really hear, you know, because with the busyness of life, you know, those messages come, but often we don't hear them. Right, right.
1: Right. So on the Camino, you are really hearing stuff. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and have the time to embrace it. Yeah, even
0: even nature, right? People would say, "Oh, that's so simple," but. You know, you can be
1: out for a walk
0: and not even realize the beauty you're in.
1: Oh, my gosh. I'm just thinking about this place I was walking through. And uh, all these trees with little tiny leaves were like they were really close together. And I was like walking in a room with a yellow ceiling type of thing. That's how I felt. It just felt like... um, was so close to me, and it was amazing feeling. And then I was walking through, and uh, I came upon this really an anomaly. There was um, somebody out in the middle of nowhere just took all these couches and coffee tables, and they just made this um, living room uh, with tables, you know, and uh, you. And then they had a little trailer there and the guy was frying hamburgers on, on this little stove outside. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, are you kidding me? This is so amazing. It just seemed so surreal. Kind of like, uh, you know, the uh, Alice in Wonderland when they do the the cups or something and they're just out in the woods (laughs) and there's a table, but it was, um, it was really amazing to me. So it just, amazing things happened. And, and I just was it in awe quite a bit. Yeah.
0: And you know, the perfection in nature that Mm. slow down, you actually see it. And yeah, beauty. Yeah. It's just.
1: Yeah. I was taking a picture of a, um, an acorn. It just seemed like the most beautiful acorn I had ever seen And uh, somebody was walking by and they said, ah, that's a nice touch. You know, just like I, uh, there was like a bank with plants on it. And you could see little tiny baby uh, acorn, um, I guess, uh, oak trees growing up out of the ground. And I, I was like, this is so charming. And, you know, a whole bunch of little tiny flowers that just pop up. And then there were, um, there were poppies, red poppies, like fields of red poppies. And, um, yeah,
0: it was just like lovely. Yeah. So what were the big things you came home with? Like when you came home, did, were you more in the moment been more able to see the beauty all around you or what were some of the things
1: that you came back with? Well, um, after, um, uh, after becoming so buff, I mean, geez, all that walking, Really, uh, <laughs> I was, I came back and I was like, Ooh, I was buff. And, uh, so I, I felt like I needed to keep walking, you know, and to keep up my, I decided I couldn't go home and become a t- couch potato. No.
0: Um,
1: and also i i had sh- i wanted to write the book about all my teachings and i didn't want to be teachy you know i didn't want to i felt uncomfortable being teachy mm. and so i remembered that i told all those things to the people on the camino so i wrote my book about walking the camino and telling people those things so and it was such a joy to do I, um, I joined this self-publishing school and they told me how to do it. And I mean, I gave them a bunch of money. Right. And, uh, and, and so I, I, when I made the outline for the book, I put in my teachings. I mean, that's what I put in. And then around each of the teachings, I wrote stories of how I shared them. And then uh, that just triggered my memory and I wrote the things that, um, the you know, the other things, I mean, experiences that I had that were just so fun and, um, you know, there's the good, the bad and the ugly in there yeah, too. Right.
0: <laughs> there's gotta be some of the bad and ugly,
1: <laughs> Yeah. So,
0: but that's part of it, isn't it? Right.
1: Yeah. Right. My, um, I shared all I shared all along the way with my Facebook friends, all everything, you know, I I showed them a bunch of pictures every day and told them what was going on and where I was. They all wanted to know. I had told them, you have to pray for me while I'm over there, you know? And so I had, I had the people at home were praying for me. And each day I asked, I thanked them for praying for me. And then, um, and then I, my daughter Carla made a WhatsApp for me. She called it mom's walkabout check-in. And so I told my children the gory details of what went on on my trip. Yes. So between the WhatsApp and the Facebook, I, I had a record of what I had done on the Camino. And I had the pilgrim passport and had a stamp for every day. So I knew where I was every day on the Camino. Beautiful. And
0: mm-hmm. Kathleen, tell tell people how they can get your book or find out more. But if you have time to j- just share maybe one or two of the teachings that you wrote about before we okay. finish.
1: Okay. Um, It'll be lovely. Yeah. My book is Wisdom on the Camino, A Spiritual Journey, Sharing Forgiveness and Possibilities to Inspire the Rest of Your Life by Kathleen Donnelly Israel. And my, my friend, uh, went there on it's on Amazon. So my friend put in, she started writing wisdom on the CA and then it came up. So she didn't have to write all that stuff, but anyway, um, so, um, yeah, it, oh, I want to tell you that my gift to you is in the beginning of the book they're not right in the beginning, but towards the beginning of the book, there's a page that says, read this first. And so it sends you to my website um, and you have to opt in. Uh, like they make you opt in twice. I'm so sorry, but that's how they have to do it. And then I, uh, and then uh, you can see my pictures because my friends were all saying, Oh, you got to put the pictures in there. The pictures are so good. And, and I thought, well, I'll have to charge $50 for my book if I put the pictures in there. So that's not going to work. And so I put, made a website and put the pictures according to the chapters in the book. So you can go online and um, see my pictures while you're reading the book. Well, that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> <laughs> and the, one of the wisdoms, that I have is, um, that worrying is not, um, it's not helpful. Some people say, well, of course, I'm worried about you. I care about you, you know, but really, uh, worrying what it is, is it's making up a sad story or a dangerous story and then believing in it. And it's not true. Number one, and uh, if you could make up a good story and it's just as true as the bad story, it just didn't happen yet, you know, but if you have a good story that you're thinking of for a situation that you might want, uh, think you need to worry about, <clears throat> if you make up a good story, then you're sort of blessing the person that you're thinking about, blessing them with a high vibrational energy. But if you make up the sad story and think about it, um, you are pretty much cursing them. You're attaching negative vibrations and negative feelings onto what they're doing. And it, it's just not necessary. Number one. And I think if people realized what they were doing, they wouldn't do that. It's more important to think up a good story. So if you think of a bad story, You can just uh, say, cancel, cancel. And then you make up in your mind with your imagination, a good story and hold it for that person so that they can be blessed and have grace around them when they're doing what they're doing.
0: Right. Because thoughts are very powerful. I love that.
1: Yes. And Um, you know, another one. I'll notice, I'll notice that.
0: You know, this is a simple... story of what you're of what you're saying. But you know, when you're driving and you get into a very difficult high traffic situation and you Mm -hmm. think, oh no, this could happen. I'll immediately do what you say. Cancel, cancel. Yeah. (laughs) But no, don't think that. Think I'm going to go through this beautifully and easily and be out the other end in no time. And imagine that happening, right? And you can practice
1: that and then use it in your life. Okay. Mm -hmm. Second one. Um, is how to raise your vibration because uh, in our life, when we're sad, we're going to be attracting in good, you know, negative stuff. And actually when negative stuff happens, it's evidence that we've been thinking negative things. It, it's not like, Oh, I'm seeing something negative. So I feel negative. That is true, but we need to change it. Um, if we want things to get better, we need to, uh, make up good stories and think them so that we don't perpetuate the negativity. Um, if you, um, that's kind of like the same thing, isn't it? But I have another one. There's a, there's a prayer that I say that's magical. I mean, it's like amazing Amazing things happen when I say this prayer and the prayer is, um, dear God, please make everything turn out. Okay. And then you let God make everything turn out. Okay. And I say it when I can't do any, I can't make it better myself. I I'm like, uh, I don't know what to do here. I can't, I can't make this better. And so I say, dear God, please make everything turn out. Okay. And, um, God really likes it when we acknowledge that God can do anything. And, uh, so, um, amazing thing, things happen when I say that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it's empowering too, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Empowering, empowering to me to realize that, I don't have to do everything. God can take care of this for me. Yeah. Yeah. He gives me power because um, the power of God is like what I want. Yeah. So beautiful. Mm -hmm. So we will put uh, your
0: link to the book in the show notes. And I think it would be lovely to put um, the poem for forgiveness also in the show notes that would be
1: the the ho'oponopono yeah yeah okay it's in the book it uh, i mean it i is. told i told that guy this guy this english guy i i shared it i shared it with two people in the book actually yeah um so i can i can write that up for you yeah that would be
0: i think it would be beautiful but i'd encourage people to get the book it sounds mm-hmm. amazing thank you so much kathleen Thank
1: you. I really enjoyed speaking with you, Jane.
0: I really enjoyed it. And for everyone out there, don't forget, don't give away your power to anyone else. Be the creator of your own life. Spiral up, spiral out. And remember, don't give away your power to anyone else. Be the creator of your own life. You can find more inspiring episodes on 14 different platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, and EmpoweredHealth.com. Be a part of Thrive Tribes. Be the change in thrive at ThriveTribeHub.com. And join me and my fellow changemakers at Health Tribe Body, Mind, and Soul on Facebook. Spiral up, spiral out.